In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, we have expectations. This one's going to be a little bit like goulash. So for those of you around the world that are not American and don't know what goulash is, we'll explain it. You'll get it. We'll be right back. Marriage, it is I, the cute dog in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Jeannie, say what's up. Hello. Hello to everybody, y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Before we get started, I want to make sure that you know you can reach out to us directly. Quincy at MVSMpodcast.com. I also have Jeannie's email up there. Hasn't been very active. J-E-A-N-N-E at MVSMpodcast.com. Go check that out. Quincy moran.com go check it out and there are some of you who should know i've got man versus marriage swag being made and i got a few of you listeners who i have selected to get some free swag so i'll be sending you some and i'm pretty jacked about it and you have no idea of course you'll have to have an idea because i've got to get your address to mail it to you with that being said let's get started here this is more listener email um and it'll take a minute for us to kind of kind of frame this up. So Jeannie and I have been helping. Uh, there's a few people we help, and and we're helping this in particular, this individual, this particular Jack, um, kind of work through some challenges with his Jill. And so there are some uh, messages that I need to read to kind of paint the picture here. But in essence, there is a struggle in communication and expectations, and leadership, etc. And uh, this gentleman is working very, very hard to make peace and bring harmony into his marriage. And understand this. When you send us your information, this goes for everybody. This goes for me if I go talk to somebody about my marriage or if Jeannie talks to somebody about hers. There are three, um, three points of view. In every story, there's yours, there's hers, and then there is the reality of what happened. Um, and the takeaways can be different because we spend a lot of time as human beings assu- assuming the intention of what the other person is saying because we're mixed up in our own world. It just happens that way. Um, it really happens that way because here's what... Uh, Here's what happened the other day. My brother and I, we have a pretty contentious relationship, you know, for the most part. It's a sibling, it's a sibling thing. You know, we're just, uh, we get along well, and then, you know, little things happen, and we go back to junior high. It's it's the way it is. <laughs> Trying to work through that. Uh, it's not going great all the time, but we're texting back and forth about a particular topic. And, um, you know, towards the end of the conversation, it's like, okay, dude, I'm good. No sweat. And he's like, well, obviously, this is all over text. Obviously, you must have a lot going on because it's clear that you're upset. And I'm on the other side of the text message, and I'm going, I am not upset at all. Like, I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm not angry. None of it. I'm just trying, I'm trying to have like a, 
a discussion, and I had mentioned earlier in that text discussion that I had some things I wanted to talk about, but I'd rather talk about them face-to-face because I don't want to text about it. And so he assumed, and I am—I guarantee you, I, ins- I assumed some intent and tone in his... Well, yeah, it's text. ...in his uh, message. And he had told me in that particular text that I forgot we were texting and that you can't assume tone in con- you know, context or whatever. And I said, well, that's weird because that's exactly what you're doing. You're assuming all this and I'm not even upset. So I'm texting back and forth, having a discussion. And it's throughout the workday because I have, <laughs> I got things going on. I'm driving so I can't, it's not like I can just go back and forth immediately. Um, so that happens. That's just a, that's an example of us and communication. And the more you text on the phone, the farther you get away with what real meaningful communication is. You cannot assume, I mean, if somebody's, you know, putting all caps. They're yelling at you. It's safe to assume you can understand what it is. If they're swearing at you repeatedly, like at you, not just in the conversation, there's some things you can assume. But you can truly take those text messages and assume the wrong thing, the wrong definition, the wrong intention. Well, the fact is, is that you can truly do that when it comes to having just a conversation with your spouse. I mean, help me out here, Jeannie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a, thank you for adding a ton of context there. <laughs> um, see, I, I mean, I assume there she knew what I wanted and... She just gave me do the simple. Do you want an elaborate discussion? Do you want me to give an example? What do you want? Nothing now, because I mean, you you confirmed it, and that's that's good enough for me. Uh, I had wanted more, but it's like, what more is there? So, with that being said, we're we're looking at how to help you guys work through these things. And if you if you hear something from your spouse. That's that kind of rubs you the wrong way. Um, it's okay to say, "Hey, did you mean this? Is, is like this what you meant by that?" And if your spouse says no, well, it's a good thing you asked the question. If you don't ask the question, um, then you're left to assume you know what what's being said, and then you're pissed, and then you find out you were wrong. Now, conversely, as I help other guys, that can be taken the wrong way. So, like, if you're asking to define every single word, then it gets into, like, are you playing the word game with me? So, it has to be, there has to be balance. One of the places that you need to be able to stand or you need to come to an agreement with is do you believe the intentions of your spouse are pure? If you don't, there's a place to start to get it resolved. I was talking to a couple. And I asked them, I said, do you believe that your spouse's intention, like their intention altogether, is to harm you or to help you? Is it healthy or not? And in both of them were like, no, I don't, I don't believe, you know, my wife would hurt me on purpose. I said, and, you know, she's like, no, I don't, I don't believe my husband would intentionally hurt me. I said, good. Because we have to stand on that as we move through this process. 
because there are years of resentment built up because of miscommunications or expectations that you have for one another. So if you if you can't answer that question, that that saves me sometimes when I get really irritated with you. Because I have to go back to, is she going to do something? Like if we're fighting, that might be something different. But just generally on a day-to-day with what you're doing, are you going to do something to intentionally wrong me? I believe the answer to that is no. I have a lot of faith in that answer. So when you are doing things that come off the wrong way or make me feel a certain way, I use that as a baseline. And then I want to ask questions from that mindset. Because if we get into war mode and we take our swords out, we've stopped listening. Mm-hmm. And now we're, now, we're, now we're fighting. We're going at it to attack each other. And that's not a good place. That's a hard place. And then if, if you don't even talk about that, but you treat your spouse out of that attitude, then it just gets worse. And it does not make communication better. You might lay in bed for two or three hours at night, awake, upset at your spouse. And he or she may have no idea that you're over there awake. It happens. I was awake <laughs> for two or three hours. Uh-huh. Um, and I think to myself, it's like, dude, you have a podcast about this stuff. What are you doing? Why are you going through this? It's been 12 years. And thus, more show material is created. And thus, more episodes. Um, so that, that's where it is. It's like I'm thankful we go through these struggles so that we can share these things. We can share these things and we can grow in our relationship. Because I'm going to tell you, the Quincy of 24 years ago it's not like the Quincy today. No, not at all. And the genie of 24 years ago is not like the genie today. And we're both, even where we are now, still learning a little bit more about who we actually are. I still have times where I'm not comfortable in my own skin, metaphorically speaking. Because I'm trying to figure out who the heck am I? Um... I got a I got a really decent answer to that. It's evolving and I'm discovering like, oh crap, this is a good thing. Here's what I could do without. Okay. So let's it's over ten minutes of me just kind of trying to frame this up. I hope I have actually I haven't even started framing this up. So this couple, they have two young children. Everything changes when you have kids, and it's not all bad. But she has um, she has a career where she is, she's in charge. She's, she's a leader. So her expectations and her career are more demanding. than his career, more demanding. She, you know, conversely, she also makes more money than he does. Um, so there's a lot of talk about, I'm exhausted. I need your support. You're supposed to be the leader of the home. Um, I need you to make sacrifices for your family. I need you to make sacrifices for me. I'm exhausted mentally. I'm exhausted physically. I need this. I need this. I need this. Now, 
Jack, you know who you are. So as we talk through this, take nothing personal. But we, we're going to give you the reality of where we think it is. And I go back to this. There's three sides to this story. There's yours. There's hers. And there's the reality of what is actually happening. There's a lot of smoke in the middle. But do not be discouraged. Because if you're willing and she's willing, we can get through these things. So listen into this. Ladies and gentlemen, listen in. We're going to talk to you about some things. And so what, you know, what, it, what comes down to is I'm going to, I'm going to look at, uh, some of these messages. I'm going to read some of them. I have, I have permission to do so. Jack will remain anonymous. Um, I don't know where I should, I don't know where I should start. Well, but I have to ask a question. Go ahead. Well, cause you're saying that she keeps saying I, you need to make sacrifices. What is a sacrifice? in this person's eyes, what, what are you sacrificing? Because in all fairness, the only thing you should have sacrificed in a marriage is you left your family to make a new family. That's the only sacrifice that should have been made. Everything else should have been a decision together where you're going to live, what jobs you have, what money you make, when we're having kids, how many kids we're going to have, so I, I struggle with the word sacrifice because it sounds like you're being told you have to give up everything to meet my to needs. meet my needs, and that's not a marriage. That's not a partnership. Yeah. So I I'm curious to know what Jill means by sacrifice because does she mean sacrifice his time? He already does that. He works a full time job. And he comes home and he helps with the kids. He's trying to get healthy, so he's sacrificing time at home to get himself healthy so that he can have more time over the long haul with his kids and his wife. Are you talking about sacrificing his job? Okay, well, in that case, what's the plan moving forward? Because even if you change a position, you're still looking at a transitional period of three to six months before everything changes. Like when, when we moved to Calif from California to here, we sacrificed a huge chunk of income. But it was a decision that was made by both of us to say, okay, this is what needs to happen in order for us to be able to live comfortably. It's going to be tight, but this is what we can do. But we both gave up that income. Mm -hmm. In order for him to switch jobs, if that's the case, is she going to be willing to take on the extra stress of maintaining the extra income until his job picks up and he makes enough? Because you're, you still have these things that aren't, I don't have both sides of the story. So I'm still not getting like, what is she going to do for him to make these sacrifices to meet her needs? Because if she's not pitching in, look, I don't work a full-time job like everybody else. I have eight kids, five kids in diapers. Trust me, I understand what it feels like to take care of the house, take care of the kids, and feel like everything is on your shoulders. I get it. I understand when your husband's working and you're at home and you're under the pile. It's stressful, and you feel like no one's on your side and you need somebody to just come in and give you a breather. I get all of that. I'm not saying their situation is any less than ours was or any harder than ours is. I'm saying we both had to come to a common ground of this is what you need. This is what I need. 
these are the things that we agree to sacrifice. Not you, not just me, but we agree to sacrifice. That word irritates me really bad because that's kind of an F you to somebody saying your crap doesn't count. You need to give it all up and you need to do what I want. And I don't, I don't like that at all. Well, in, in, in all fairness, you know, we didn't figure that out for 10 years. And so they, they have a new marriage and they have young kids. And you, and one of the things is like when you have kids, maybe you have one child and that child is a a great sleeper, doesn't need a lot of attention and things just kind of carry on. You still have to think about a third party, but things continue to carry on. But when you add a second child into it, you need there. Somebody should inform you that even though it's two to two, you are outnumbered as a parent. <laughs> yeah. Because you are now dually responsible for your well-being and the well-being of these other two lives that cannot take care of themselves. And so there should be an expectation that I'm going to be exhausted. Yeah, for the first five years of their life. Five or six. Least. Yeah, five or six years here. We're both in it. We're in this together. We are going to be exhausted with work or without work. I do not remember the entire year outside of hospitals of 2002, 2003. I don't. Yeah. We, I don't think we got more than maybe an hour and a half to two hours sleep for several nights that year. But, it, I mean, we both made the we, – we both didn't sleep. We both got up for feedings. We both got up for diaper changes. I mean – it was a shared responsibility. We still didn't have our crap straight. Don't get me wrong. We were still fighting. We were still not liking each other. We still had a lot going on. But there were some things that were concrete in we're both parents. We both have these responsibilities. And we agree to share them as we move forward. I don't think that that's been decided in this Jack and Jill situation. I think... And th- this is me, okay? I'm an outside person. Y'all listening, I'm an outside person. I'm not involved in this whole we've coaching already, we've already, part. But, we've already made it that disclaimer, so go ahead. But I'm looking at, you know, a person who sounds on paper like they need to be in control. The job is demanding. It's a leadership role. They're in control. At home, you want the kids to be raised a certain way, things to be done a certain way, the house kept a certain way, so those roles have all been assumed under Jill. It's kind of hard to tell somebody you need to do this when you've been doing it the whole time. Mm-hmm. There, you, you haven't established a um, who's responsible for what. Or you haven't, like, crap, make a chore chart. On these days when you work, I'll do this, this, and this. And on these days when you don't work, you can do this, this. I don't care how you have to do it. I mean, some people are very visual. If you're if you're concrete-minded, some people are very visual. Give me the list. Quincy always says, give me the playbook. Give me the list. Show me what needs to be done, how it needs to be done. I got it. But if you're not giving a list or you're not saying, okay, I can do it this way and you can do it that way and you keep constantly removing it from your spouse... That's more than mixed signals. That that's utter confusion. Yeah, and if you and if you control things and you turn it over to your spouse and then you berate them or ridicule or because they don't do it your way. Give passive aggressive, you know, feedback when it's not done how you expect it to. There's a deeper problem. Well, and, you and, can't you can't ask somebody to be leader and keep taking the lead. Yeah. 
that doesn't work because <laughs> it, because then there there's confusion and then you guys are going to argue because you're frustrated with each other and it goes on for so long so with that being said um you know and we we've actually aside from emails we've actually had a few calls like we we talk about these things as well and there's some concern which just as we you know talking is so much better than texting mm-hmm. we've kind of established that in this and emailing we've kind of established that here but through the things that i've heard i believe jill is doing some projection because truthfully i think she has a lot of guilt mm-hmm. that she can't she feels like she just can't be a mother. She wants to be there. So with that, we can take our own frustrations and we can project them onto our spouse so we have somebody to take it out on and not realize that, oh, this is what I can't stand about myself. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. I know it's a real thing because I've done it and I do it. It's like a real deal. And, you know, and, you know, just to be candid, um, I had to cut. That's a story for a different time. Stay on task here. Um, with that being said, I'm going to read you some stuff. So this is from Jack. So, uh, hey, so I had a, a very hard conversation with my wife, a lot of raw emotions, but also tons of feedback and opportunities to do better. That, that mindset there is concerning for me, Jack, because you both need to do better. And I hope that's what you mean because I hope you were both giving each other feedback in the moment to say, okay, I, I can't, I cannot get beyond your intentions, like for each other, your intentions, like what are your intentions? And that, that'll go a long way with your communication. If you don't have pure intention intentions or you, your intentions are actually selfish ambitions, that's going to be a problem. But that works both ways. I agree. I agree. You've got to know what her intentions are too because right now, just in that line right there in the very beginning, I'm hearing, because I've heard him talk and I've, I've been involved in the call before, it's like if she's giving feedback and you have, you see a lot of chance for improvement, okay, but are you both agreeing to improvement or are you just taking everything that she just gave you and you're going to try and make all of these changes Correct. and see what happens because you don't want to rock the boat and you don't want to have to worry about landmines. Right. It was hard to hear the hurt I was causing by taking some time to myself to unwind. So I think my assumption of he's going to do better is where we're at. And and, uh, Jack, we're not picking on you or your marriage. We're just making an assessment. Remember, this is coming from a place of love and support. So please just take it for that. If you're mad, you know how to contact me. We can talk it out. Um, um, and also, this is just a suggestion as I was listening. He, he goes on to say here that he wants some of you jacks that do email and talk with us. He wants to create a community. I'm working through the nuances of what that's going to look like, so I gave him a heads up. Um, your wife said you taking time to yourself to unwind hurt her. That was my question to him. He said, yep. Looking back at it, when I get home, it's just to put the boys to sleep, pack their lunch kits, then unwind, then sleep. So nowhere in that equation is time for her. I, and I just said, does her claim have merit? And I, I don't, I don't agree with that. So I see your face going, but that's let's get through this real quick, and then we can talk about it. Based on what you say above, looks like it. And then I, th- I, I asked about another situation. He's like, uh, 
those are two separate incidents. So it's like, okay, because there's time that passes. Um, and so he says, yeah, it, it has merit. Now, you're saying that the idea is that because you're coming home and you're taking care of these responsibilities, there's no time for her. But in the same aspect, you're doing these things so she can take some time for her. So... Is she asking for time for herself or is she asking for time with him? That's, needs, that's the need, missing piece right needs there. Clarification. And the other part is if your time to unwind before bed, why can't you guys take time to unwind together? I mean, Quincy and I will watch uh, a UFC show that we like to watch for an hour before bed. And if he goes to sleep before I do, I'll read while he sleeps. We'll sit down on the couch and watch something with the kids. Or we'll lay down and have a conversation over things for 30 or 40 minutes before going to sleep. So it's an undefined, is it time to herself or is it time with you? I, yeah. I don't clearly And I hope, I hope that by kind of articulating that on this show, that'll give him the opportunity to go back and say, hey, what does this look like? Because that's a very important question. He needs to ask more questions. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and if you don't know what questions to ask, you might just assume responsibility for everything that's coming out of her mouth. And that is not fair for you. So we want it live. We know that life's not fair, but as much as we can make it fair for one another in our relationship, we should try to do that. So just because you, your spouse is saying all this is wrong and I don't like it. Um, you might not know the right questions to ask. So you better understand how to help the both of you come to terms with what your expectations are. And that's a big deal. Is what I said makes sense? Yeah. Okay. I, I think they're, he needs to be coached up on how to, to talk to his spouse is what I'm hearing in majority of this. Yeah. How to, how to qualify mm. and then how to quantify. Because it seems to me like he's still wa- trying to avoid landmines and not, not navigating appropriately. Rules of engagement. Yeah. You, you, you need to learn some hardy rules of engagement and you need to get those locked in for yourself. If you haven't, like if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't listened to Rules of Engagement, it, it should be there. It's in the catalog. It's in the catalog. So go check it out. So I said, uh, he said, yeah, it has merit. And I said, okay, knowing a little more about your personality, you're very task oriented. You're a get it done guy um, to help your wife mentality when she needs something, then she might need something different. He's like, hmm. And he's like, can you explain this a little bit more? I said, yes, this is your profession. And during our discussion, you explain how you are a concrete thinker. Taking this understanding, I can see where you associate tasks with the kids meeting your wife's needs because she wants you to make sacrifices for the family and help her because she's mentally and maybe physically exhausted. This or some version close. If I'm off, it's okay to coach me up. And then I told him I'll be heading to bed. Um... And he said, uh, and, I, you know, I asked him if he wanted us to go ahead and, and kind of put, if he wanted to have a chat with Jeannie and I, and he said it would be good. Couldn't work it out. Um, so we kind of talked about it, and he goes, I wanted to ask this. There is a saying here. I is first person, meaning tend to your needs before everyone else. So I wanted to. Lately, I noticed my health is getting worse slowly and slowly. I'm getting weight, I'm out of breath, and just one flight of stairs. So I recently started you know, taking 30 to 40 minutes to exercise in that time I will take to unwind. So instead of taking 30 minutes to unwind, 
he's gonna he's using that time to exercise. But the recent discussion with my wife, as she stated, I need to prioritize her more during the week, d- during the weekdays. Is it wrong for me to take that uh, exercise time first before spending time with her, or should I try to reschedule that exercise time? I'm afraid that uh, exercising first will look like she is not a uh, priority when in fact I'm just trying to address a health matter. At least that's how I see it. Is this the wrong approach? Um, that can all be resolved with a simple question. Well, here's what I, I'll give you my response and we can talk through it. Um, I said this. I said I would have a schedule calendar talk with her in light of that conversation. Um, and let me know if that makes sense. And then I checked in on him. Um, what, what were you going to say about that? Because I should have gone a little bit deeper and I did at the end of this message, but go ahead. What were you going to say about that? Okay. So the calendar talk is, is an absolute, but that's on the side. Quincy and I have a rule. If, if we're coming home or let's say he's coming home. He's been gone out of town for a couple of days. He's coming home. Rule of thumb is when dad's coming home, we have family dinner. We usually watch a movie with the kids. We spend family time because dad's been gone. If I need to do something or I feel like there's something I have to get done, let's say I have to go run an errand or something and he's coming home and this is our normal routine. I check with him and say, Hey, I'd like to go do this. I know you're coming home and this was the plan. Do you mind if I take this time to go do this? And when I get back, we'll finish into the plan. It's a simple question. When you get home and you want to take the time to work out, or if you're on your way home and you need to take the time to work out, make a call. Do not text. Do not text. Do not, do not text. Call. Talk to the person so that you can get a vibe off of how they're communicating and if it's a, you know, yeah, whatever kind of situation. Because sometimes... We might text it and say, yeah, go ahead. And then when they get home, they're pissed at you because, well, I said, yeah, go ahead, but that's not what you should have done. You should have understood that I wanted you to come home. Don't text. Please don't text. But Quincy and I will ask. I mean, you could simply just take a minute, maybe in the morning in your passing and say, hey, I wanted to work out tonight. So can we have our time at this time? If you're asking, you are still prioritizing the person. Because you're saying, if you say no, then okay, now you negotiate. Quincy and I do this. It, it's a learned thing for us. We still don't get it right every single time. It, we're finding that out in the last few weeks. But we are working to make it a perfection. It's one of those things where, okay, well, I want to go work out tonight. But if you need me to come home, then I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out in the morning. So I'm going to leave earlier for work which means I'm not going to be there in the morning. So for me and Quincy, that would be him going to work out earlier in the morning. And if there's something that needs to be done, I need to pick up that slack because I'm not letting him go in the evening. I'm requiring the time at home with me. It's a negotiation. It is not a sacrifice. If it is, there better be a balanced sacrifice. If you're going to give up your evening workout to spend time with your wife, that's fine. That's your sacrifice. But then she needs to balance that out with, okay, I'll get up and get the kids to school or whatever it is so you can get up early and go get your workout in. His health is just as important as spending time with your spouse. If you feel like your health is going down, that's a huge problem. You have little kids. You, you've you got yeah. things to consider. I mean, when it, it, 
you want a reality check, let your health go to crap. Quincy being in the hospital and me having to maintain the home, the kids, the finances, and take care of Quincy, trust me, it, it is one reality you do not want to have to go through because everything sits on your shoulders. It is a hell of a lot harder. Yeah, and and that's where, to me, the calendar talk comes in. But I can, I can give that advice, but there's actually a deeper there's a deeper thread. Like if you dig just a little bit deeper, it'll give you a better footing. So that's that's where I could have done, I could have given him a little bit better. But to me, it was real simple. It's like, hey, I need, I want you to make me a priority. Okay, well, I want to make you a priority. I also need to make my health a priority. Mm-hmm. Like there, that's a need. There's a want and then there's a need. And so it's like, okay, so we have to negotiate here. If I'm going I'm I'm happy to come home and do these things to help you, but I definitely need to take care of my health. So where in the calendar is this going to work? And like you're saying, maybe it's I'm going to go to the gym in the morning. Okay, I'll go take the kids to their schooling or whatever so that you can get that done. Um, All you're doing is reversing responsibility. You're, you're negotiating a reversal of responsibility. I'm going to do this for me. So you're going to do this for you. But there's another question missing. What does she do for herself? I don't know. Is, is there something that she does for herself? Because, again, if he's going to the gym and she sees that as he's not putting her first, it, it could, and this is, again, just me thinking out loud because I used to get this way when you were working out so much. Why do you get to go spend 40 minutes or an hour working out and I'm still here with the kids? That If she's not getting her own outlet for herself then that's going to be a resentment. Again, it's going to be projected on him because mm-hmm. you get this, but I don't. There, When in reality, there's a way we can both get it, but one of us or both of us may have to make some personal sacrifice mm-hmm. in order for that to happen. And if you, are, if you are unwilling to make a personal sacrifice, then that should not necessarily affect your spouse. No, and the calendar will will fix that too because, again, Quincy and I, for our situation, it was unrealistic to say we are going to have us time every single night. We There was just no way to do that with everything we have on our plate and little kids. Yeah. Again, we have eight little kids. So we had. had going back. So it wasn't like we might have planned a night out, but one kid gets sick and within two hours – all eight kids get sick. So there, there's just things that you have to kind of plan for. But Yeah, you got to be flexible. In, in this situation, this is where the calendar helped us when we went through our classes because it was, okay, we can't do us time every single night. He needs to work out five days a week because that's what his health required. I needed to be able to have an outlet, so I started working out, or I would start going out with a friend of mine and meeting with her a couple times a week. We made a plan on, on these days you do this, on these days I do this. So we were both taking responsibility with the kids. And then we made one day a week. This is our time. If that's after the kids go to bed, if that's getting a babysitter, if that's staying at home and having a date, I we just had to make us a priority for a day. But without that calendar... There's no way to do that. You're kind of flying by your seat. Quincy would call me and say, hey, I want to take you on a date, which was great. I want to go on a date. But if I couldn't get a babysitter, yeah, 
then and I'm I, crushed because I don't get to go and do these things. And it's not your fault. It just wasn't planned properly. So yeah, well, it's and, a learned thing. And the fact is, is that, you know, I hate to be disappointed. I think it's important to, to be disappointed from time to time and learn how to work through it. But I hate to be disappointed. So I needed to change up my method, which was not put the responsibility of the babysitter on Jeannie, uh, but actually try to get the babysitter first and then once I get the babysitter, then tell her we're going because she just had too much going on. Anyway, I'm going to finish this up here. Um, we should re- we should schedule some time to talk because I, I want to be able to speak these things through to him instead of message by message, whether it's email or Instagram or whatever. Uh, I did tell him that uh, I did I do appreciate his willingness or you know him and and wanting to be the best version of himself, the best husband, the best father, etc. I respect that. And he said, I think where I need some help is now that I understand my wife's needs. How do I make make it a reality and get them done? And I don't I didn't get any I didn't get any idea of what those needs are. Um, yeah, so I'll keep reading. What so is. what I understand is one of my wife's needs is support. And the support is I need to be more present during the week and take some load off of her, i.e. allow her to get some rest as her days are very stressful. My daily schedule is I drop uh, boys to school, so I leave home. Uh, if I leave home later than this, I will get home later, like around 6.30. And by the time she has done so much around the house, and for the kids, uh, there by that time there's, there's nothing much for me to do to get done. So I'm finding it harder to offer that support unless I take a hit regarding my job or become a stay-at-home dad. So my question is, how can I offer that? And dang it if I didn't miss that one. So either I read it, didn't get back to him anyway. I said, somehow we must find a way to reevaluate what your relationship and responsibilities are now that you have children. And I know the children, you know, I believe one of his his children is like uh, two or three years old. I believe it's two. And then they have one that's one. I mean, that's that's something else right there. It's important to get an idea of what you both need. And I should have led with this, but I didn't. But I did bring it back around. Uh, not just you breaking your neck to meet her needs. You are both very important, a very important part of this relationship. For each of you, rank what's most important because really you need to take inventory in, where you are in life right now. We all need to do that because if Jeannie and I have have like set a goal, a priority, or we've put something in our relationship, a schedule, and things change, and we don't reevaluate and say, okay, well, how is this working for you, and and are your needs being met? If we don't get back to that and say, hey, you know, how are you doing with this, and we're both just operating in the same way, even though things have changed, then it's a problem. It becomes a problem, and it may not, right, may not be right away, but over the course of time, it becomes an issue, and then you start to take it out on each other. So I said, uh, what is most important? Life, family, work, etc. Then redefine what it looks like for now at this point um, in your life. So you do this exercise and then ask yourself, and I asked them, I said, you do this, uh, and then ask yourself, what does life look like right now? This will take ownership. It'll take flexibility uh, for both of you, not just one of you. Um. And then this is kind of where it finishes up. And it's like, I've been thinking lately, 
Many times after a discussion, you tend to be focused on what it was you discussed. Uh, that other relationship aspects can get less attention, and doing that can cause problems. How do you ma- how do you manage to keep visibility of it all and not let things slip? Well, I'm here to tell you. You don't. You don't. <laughs> and I'm gonna. I want to just make sure, from my perspective, I'm gonna correct the record on what Jeannie said earlier. She might have slipped up, but. She said, we're working on making it perfect. I'm not working on making it perfect. I just want to make that clear to you, honey, and to everybody else. I'm working to make it excellent. But perfection is just not attainable. It's not there. It's a slip in words. I, I, I don't, I'm just saying if that's what, like, if, if you're expecting you're working hard to make things perfect, it's not, perfection is not achievable from my point of view. And I don't, I don't, you guys will have to decide that for yourself. I think excellence is a much, it's much more attainable um, because we know that in order, I mean, we're not machines, so you can't program us to do things perfectly day in and day out. And there are so many variables with parenting. There's so many variables with marriage. There's so many variables that have to do with your drive home or your career um, or your siblings or your cousins or your in-laws. There are so many things surrounding you. You can have a sickness pop up in the family, and all of a sudden, you're so focused on that. Other things around, other responsibilities you have can kind of get left behind a little bit because there are so many variables. We don't, we don't need to shoot for perfection. We really don't. And there is no way, like there is no way that you keep everything perfect. What, I, what we talk about is we take these principles we put them in our relationship. We check in, you know, at least once a week, especially in the beginning. We're checking in to say, okay, how's this working? Because we want it to become a part of you. These practices become a part of you. And that's how you, that's how you, you fold them in, if you will, um, to use a cooking analogy. You fold them in so they become a part of what you do. But because of life and circumstances and time, sometimes you can forget those tools. Like you can leave tools in the box and not use them. And you find other ways to compensate. And it's not until you get to a certain point where it's like, ah, crap. And Jeannie and I have done this over the last two years. Well, things will blow up. And it's like we're not even following our own principles life got away from us because you you get to a point where it's like life is living you you're not constantly checking in you're not having calendar talks and so you're left you're left to kind of define or interpret things on your own especially with the nuance of me traveling and genie carting the kids around to work and school and then you know maneuvering with hunter and kirsten so you're never you're never going to get them all right. But what you can continue to do, what Jeannie and I need to do uh, more often is have that dedicated hour during the week to say, how are you doing? How are you doing? Um, how's your heart? You know, anything happened this week that you were disappointed or frustrated about? Um, anything hurt you? And, you know, if I did something to hurt her, you know, or she did something to frustrate me. We talk about those things. And it's like, I I really appreciate that you did this. Oh, I appreciate you doing that as well. And you use it 
because you're constantly evolving as a human being. And then your the way you interact with each other, there might be times, but everything comes in seasons. And you're not your your temperament is not always perfect or the same because of the circumstances that go on in life. So you're never going to get them all right. But the you know the more you use these practices, the more they become a part of your nature and you will start to do them. But keep this in mind. You can overdo it. Like you can overdo this stuff. So everything requires balance. Jeannie and I have been teaching you this for a long time because we learned it. Use your strengths. Use your strengths. Embrace them. But sometimes your strength overextended becomes a weakness and you get diminishing returns. It becomes a negative if you do it too, if you use it too hard. That's why the check-in process is important. That's why the calendar talks are vital. That's why reevaluating your relationship and where you are in life is crucial. Because it's not fair that one person sacrificed so much long-term. You might have to do that for short-term. Sometimes, like with my when I got really sick because of diverticulitis, Jeannie had to sacrifice a lot. I had to sacrifice a lot mm-hmm. as well. But she did, but it wasn't a forever situation. And so if the scale is tipped in, in, uh, to one side, where it's like, you need to be more this, you need to make this, you need to do this, you need to do that. Okay, well, let, let's, let's take a step back and, and revisit this. What are you doing? What are your needs? And then let's talk about what I'm doing, what my needs are. And how do we negotiate those things? How do, how do we want to prioritize our life? And you kind of redefine that. And after redefining that, then you figure out a way to move forward. You have to resolve in yourself not to hold the past against each other. You've got to be able to let that go. And then figure out how you move forward. And give each other time to make some mistakes. Give each other time. Give grace. That's where grace comes in. For those of you that are people of faith, that's where grace comes in. You know there's going to be mistakes, and that's okay. It's about the motivation and the intention of your spouse's heart. So that that's kind of where it is there. Reevaluate where you are in life, especially in this situation. Y'all have two new kids, just a couple years old, the oldest one. You both have demanding careers. You want, you want to be happy. Things are not going to be perfect. But get together with one another and figure out. Get into the deep discussion. Take more than an hour. Try to get some time away from the kids where you guys can focus on each other and say, if you had all the money in the world, what would home life look like? And then once you figure that out, say, okay, well, I know we don't. But this is obviously the desire of your heart. So how can we navigate it? And uh, I think that's going to be it for this one. Okay. You got the email if you need it. Jack, you know how to reach out to me. I want some feedback on this show. Did it help? Let us let us continue to use your experience as, all, as much as you're comfortable to help our community around the world. Thank you for doing that. 
She is Jeannie Moran. I'm Quincy Moran, and this is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. <laughs> 